Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Laura Prince and Noah Houlihan. We've come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we'll analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that lasted only one season, or only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. Cosmorific! Today we are doing Battletoads. Battletoads, yes, based on the popular NES game. This is the animated pilot for Battletoads. This aired only once, but it did air. Yes. Uh, I wanted to say that because sometimes I feel like with the pilots, they did not always air. True. Uh, I find this super interesting because I did not realize that Battletoads was a product of the 90s in general. Uh, I just sort of assumed it was an 80s game. Right. Because you know how it is. If you don't remember it coming out. Well, I mean, Battletoads didn't have a, like the impact outside of games that, like, the Ninja Turtles did. And this is, like, right in peak, Ninja Turtles are the best thing in the world. Yeah. So, like, all of the uh, the clones are coming out. So we had, like, the biker mice from Mars and the street sharks and all these, like, we're taking an animal, making them semi-human. Giving them some sort of trait like karate or bikers. And uh, give us money for toys, please. Yeah, I just I thought it was so interesting that it was from the 90s. Because I would have just presumed That it was 80s. 80s, yeah. So, this airs in 1992. Right. So, I also the turnaround is quick. Oh, you mean that this is cheaply made and made quickly? Because I would have... Yeah, I would have guessed that. Yes, but I really was surprised Mm -hmm. that... Because I always do feel like these kinds of things take forever to, like, strike when the iron is hot. Mm -hmm. But in the 90s, I do feel like things moved much faster. Uh, I was looking at something, and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers starts in 1993, because I was looking up the other, like, Mm -hmm. you know, its peers, in a way, of, like, teenagers with attitude... The movie came out in 95. That's quick. Like, that's a two-year turnaround Mm -hmm. from phenomenon to full-on studio film. Yes, completed studio film. So, I thought this this did get a VHS release. Right. Um, And now it's just, you know, it's on YouTube. Yes, you can watch the full thing on YouTube. So, let's jump into Battletoads. We start with... One of the strangest themes for this type of product I could have imagined. It's unexpectedly Beach Boysy. Yes, I, like there was part of me that thought it was kind of like. 50s, like that 50s doo-wop sock hop music, but it is very Beach Boys, 
And one of the biggest problems that, like, invokes the Beach Boys is the name of the ship is the T-Bird. Yes. So they keep singing T-Bird because they'll have fun, fun, fun until the daddy takes the T-Bird away. They'll have fun, fun, fun until Professor takes the T-Bird away. Yeah. From so. Angelica. <laughs> so there's this weird 50s music for Battletoads, which is very much like black leather studded like bracelets type look. It clearly should be like thrasher music. Yeah, especially when your leads have like names like Rash. Yeah. And Zitz. Yeah, and like Pimple. It, yeah, it's that like it, and Zitz like with a Z. Yes. Like at the end of it. Mm-hmm. I realized, yeah, of course Zitz, Zitz starts with a Z, but yeah. like also at the end of the letter. So it's that like very extreme nineties. Yeah. But like the way that the, it's being presented, it should be rock music. It should be metal music. It is surfer music. Absolutely. Which is so unfitting it to this. Fits the setting, because the setting is very mm. SoCal. Yeah. But the actual like character design is not. Yes. Uh, also, I wanted to point this out. Like very early in the episode, someone goes, "No, no," and it sounds just like Saturday Morning Watchmen. Oh no! The Dark Queen has found us again. Oh no, Adrian! Looks like the Reds are polluting the city lake. What do we do? Yeah. And I was just, just like, "Oh no, Vite! What are we gonna do?" I was like, "Oh, I know that clip." Uh, so. It's very much a Saturday morning cartoon that we're watching. It absolutely is. It is very much that, uh, for want of a better term, that 80s, 90s cheap. Yeah. Like, I I wanted cereal the moment that this started. Like, the type that by the early 90s was dying out because they were starting to become illegal. Yes. Like the G.I.J. Like the, the... cartoons that just existed to sell toys that that, are a commercial (laughs) which did start to become illegal Mm -hmm. and like you had to have something else behind it that's where these more plot driven ninja turtles biker mice from mars and their peers Mm -hmm. were sort of implied to be more plot driven and action driven right uh and just so happened you could buy all the toys why do you ask because there's demand from the children so, we get into this show, and it is the three biggest losers being yelled at by the principal. Well, we start out with introducing the supernatural element before we oh, even yes, get Oh, yes, we do. I'm sorry. Uh, we meet the Dark Queen, and she wants the galactic amulet, which is being worn around the neck of Princess Angelica. Mm-hmm. And Princess Angelica is friendless and on the run. And her only peer is Professor T-Bird, who is like kind of dismissed as like a crackpot. Yes. Uh, And that's their whole story is like Dark Queen wants the amulet. T-Bird is helping her not is helping Princess Angelica keep the amulet away from the Dark Queen Mm -hmm. because it has powers of some kind. Yeah. For, For reasons. Yeah. 
Now we meet Morgan, Dave, and George. Yes. Okay. So Morgan Ziegler uh, is the nerd of the group. Yeah. He looks like Arnold from the Magic School Bus. Yes. Yes. He and really do. He sounded to me like Robert Paulson. He is not. He's not? Okay. No, I did look at the voice cast. Uh, it's not... It's in, not anyone we know? It, a lot of them seem to have done more anime. Oh, okay. Uh, then, uh, the who who's the bigger guy? Uh, the bigger guy, I believe, is George. George. He reminded me of Mikey from Recess. Yeah. And then we have our third character, who has, like, purple hair... And like weird glasses. He looks like, um, I didn't look this up, so I'm relying solely on my memory. He looked like Z-Ray from the Burger King's Kids Club. Okay. I'm, I'm unlocking memories in Lara's mind right now. <laughs> Remember Z-Ray? I think it's Z-Ray. I don't think it's Z-Ray. Um, do you mean like, okay, who? what are their names here? I've got IQ... Not IQ. Kidvid? Kidvid! Yeah, ki- oh wow. I, I was part of the Burger King Kids Club and this is just like, oh my god, they had a wheelchair using child named Wheels. Yep, I remember Wheels. But Kidvid, it, it, it like looks like the character, or, or at least invokes the character from Battletoads. I see it. It's a similar hair type. Yeah. Like, I'm a cool guy type feel. Yeah, the the at, voice actor for him has done a lot of cartoons. Uh, it's he doesn't have like one iconic role that I could pull, okay. but he's been in a lot of things. Uh, he was Mega Man in the Mega Man cartoon. Okay, in the but, Mega Man cartoon. Yes. Okay, not not the Captain N cartoon. No, he, he was Doctor Wily in the Captain uh, N cartoon. In Captain N, uh, Mega Man sounds like a chain smoker. No, that was not him. Come on, Captain Ed! I can't even do it. I did my best, though. <laughs> um, in any case, getting back to Battletoads. Uh, they are apparently the three biggest losers in junior high. This was a thing I found very confusing. Yeah. Because it was the full name of the school uh, was said in a way that it could have been a full name junior yes. high school. Or that it was a junior high school, or as we would now mostly call it, a middle school. A middle school. Morgan Ziegler, Dave Shar, George Pye. You three are the biggest losers in the history of Waldo P. Oxnard Junior High. So yeah, it's unsure if these characters are like sixth graders or high school seniors. Yeah, like I can't tell if they're supposed to be 13 or 17. Yeah, they could be, and they could be any of those things. And nothing in how they're depicted makes that very clear. No. Uh, They are banned from hanging out with one another because they're losers. The principal's like, you guys can't be around each other. And they're like, but these are my only friends. So yeah, they're not allowed to hang out with one another. That's like their punishment, but they're hanging out anyway because, I don't know, they're rebels. I mean, it it also feels like a massive overstep because we don't see them like... Do enough. Yeah, there's no reason to, like, really punish anyone. 
And they all kind of, like, try to go be friends with other people. Yeah, Dave makes art, but it's just a horned, vomiting skull that would fit in with a lot of high school kids of the time. Uh, so he tries to hang out with the art kids because he's trying to make, like, signs for the pep rally. Yes. Uh, Morgan's like, I could be good at organizing. I could be a good leader and just fries a computer. Yes. Uh, Morton Ziegler goes, who reminds me of the nerd from The Nerd, which Fair. we also covered. But Morton Ziegler goes to the computer club and goes, Aw, oh, come on. Let me help. I'm good at organizing. What did you ever organize, Morgan Ziegler? Uh, well, nothing, now that you mention it. But, but I could be a great leader. I mean... If I knew how, that is. I'm here to show the world. I'm here to show the world. I knew it was going to happen when you kept saying his last name was Ziggler. I'm like, <laughs> oh, God, we're doing it. So, and then I don't actually have what George is doing because it's not important. It's not important. No, I was too busy writing the, the Dolph Ziggler joke. I was too busy probably taking notes. And then we go away to Angelica and T-Bird in a cave. And she's yeah. just whining that it sucks. Yeah. Well, they're trying to get away from the Dark Queen. And they can't find anywhere to go. So they're looking for the genetic essence of the Battletoads, who were the warriors that protected her family. Yes. Uh, and they died out ages ago. You know, real good protectors. They were yeah. extinct yeah. because <laughs> they're dead. Because they're um, dead. Just what I'm looking for in a protector. Dead. So, uh, Dr. T-Bird is like, well, why don't we go to this planet that is backwards? It's backwoods. Oh, is it? Oh, backwoods. Okay. Yeah, like it's a That's little... That's not better. Backwoods and ins- insignificant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a very common joke is that Earth is meaningless. Yeah. Like, that that's why Earth never has any alien activity. Is like, nobody gives a crap about us. I mean, this is Hitchhiker's Guide Mostly Harmless. Yeah. But I don't know if that joke plays if you're 11. I mean, it might be really cool and brand new for you at 11. Right, but like... I don't know if at 11 you have a cynical view of the planet that that joke is funny or if it doesn't just come off like hey I'm from Earth screw you show I mean I was a weird little 11 year old I would have thought that was great uh, I at 11 I think I would have thought it was neat that being said I'm not even sure you'd be 11 watching this show true so we go to Oxnard California and we also meet the Dark Queen's henchmen yes Who's like a BDSM pig, a psycho rat, pig, and these are all from yeah the game. Like when you're playing Battletoads, you fight a BDSM pig and uh, a rat, <laughs> and I forget I forget what the other like weird thing is. But I, I wanted to bring this up because uh, I wanted to bring up what the a- the animation looks like. Mm-hmm. This is a mix of Archie and Friends, Tex Avery, and Heavy Metal. Like, that's what this looks like. It's like that simple American girl kind of looking like Archie and Friends, where everyone's kind of like simply drawn, 
But then there's like these weird kind of gross out exaggeration animations. And then it all has that kind of heavy metal haze over it. I mean, to be entirely honest with you, it looks like a Deke cartoon from the early 90s, which is exactly what it is. <laughs> True. But like, for a lot of our listenership, I feel like if you just said it's a Deke cartoon from the early 90s, they'd be like, say no more. True. But like, when I think Deke cartoon, the first cartoon that pops into my head is Captain Planet. Was Captain Planet Deke? I think. And this me, looks so much worse than Captain Planet. For me, it's Inspector Gadget. Yeah, but even there, like... It, this looks like Inspector Gadget. Inspector Gadget at least had, like, interesting explosions and stuff. Like, this, like, it's a, there's, like, a bare bones to it. With the occasional, like, weird extreme animation. And that, like, heavy metal, like, weird, um, uh, like, like, that... Drab color, where everything's kind of beige. Everything's a little washed out. Yeah. (laughs) Which, to be entirely fair, looking through a list of Deke programs, affects a lot of those programs. That, like, washed out color palette. Yeah. Uh, Because I always think of, like, even, like, Super Mario Brothers Super Show seems washed out to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's being shot through something white. (laughs) Yeah. So, I got, like, I was like, oh, Deke cartoons. So. <laughs> Laura fell down a rabbit hole. I did. She's back. Maybe. <laughs> so, the three guys are now in an arcade, in a convenience store playing an arcade machine. Yeah. Which, my friends who are younger than me, who may be listening to this, sometimes arcade machines were just in random places. Yes. In the late 80s, early 90s. In the, yeah. Before the, the, big, the big arcade crash, uh. You would have a uh, an arcade machine just around. Uh, I mean, like, I think it's a, a plot point in Bill and Ted is getting the high score in, like... The one at the Circle K? At the one at the Circle K. Uh, and, like, Back to the Future 2, where he shoots... He plays Wild Gunman. And, ah, oh, you use your hands? That's like a baby's toy. Uh, yeah, there was a time where, like, you would find video games at, like, funeral parlors. Like, very, very commonly in restaurants. Mm -hmm. Especially if it was a restaurant that might have a wait. Yes, yeah, like an old school uh, pizza hut. You could sit down and play, like, Daytona USA. I mean, I believe there were diners in New Jersey that had them straight through the 2010s. Yeah. I think it was ultimately COVID that got rid of the last ones. Yeah, the last few. Uh, but yeah, it was just common for that. So they're all around this like video game. And there's kind of like this last Starfighter moment. Yeah. Where the video game opens up and the princess and T-Bird kind of come out. And let me tell you how much I love this scene. Okay. We get this like backstory. Of like, we sense that you are the chosen three to become the battle toads to make sure that the the galaxy is safe and to keep Princess Amanda Amanda Angelica Angelica safe from all the threats of the universe. During this scene, when the kids are talking, they cut to uh, 
the princess and T-Bird. And when princess and T-Bird are talking, they cut to reaction to the kids because they clearly don't want to do mouth animations. Oh, yeah. To the point where there's a moment where all of them are on screen and they talk for a moment and it cuts to the clerk who works there. Who's rolling his eyes. And yawning. I was like, oh, they are saving money here. Yeah, the arcade clerk is celebrating Zero Bothers Friday early this week, (laughs) is my note here. No bothers were given. Uh, So then T-Bird just throws toxic goo on them? Yes. Without consent? Well, with barely consent. Not informed consent. No, just like, all right, let's do this, and turns them into the battle toad. And they're... (laughs) They're like, what did you do to us? But there's no time to talk because here comes BDSM pig and The Dark Queen and some of the piggy dudes come out through the Slurpee machine. Yes. Because in the early 90s, we didn't think about things like, why? No. We just thought that'll work as a sight gag. Yes. Uh, So then... This insane fight scene takes place, and I'm going to play a clip, and usually I don't play clips of action sequences, because it's just the battle toads and these enemies whacking each other in cartoon hijinks. Yes. But I want you to listen very carefully, because this, like, surfer music starts playing over it, Because for some reason, it's surfer music instead of, like, heavy metal, like I mentioned. And then, it switches to Hava Nagila. Wow! Superhero City, we got serious brain-bashing powers! I'm a Seku Renek skull-scratching super toad, man! Nice hands, Dave. Life is one big basketball game. It it does. We had to rewatch it. Uh, yeah, I was blown away. I was like, I paused it and looked at Lara and went, that's Hava Nagila. And she went, no, it isn't. And we went back. I was like, listen. And there's like sound effects over it because there's action happening. But it's 100%... Hava Nagila in the Battletoad cartoon. (laughs) Like, I'm sure it's public domain, I guess. So they were just like, ah, throw it over. It has kind of a surfery vibe. Yeah, they clearly thought no one's gonna know. They didn't realize that Stay Doomed would take a look at this 30 years later later and point this out. It's ultimately like that audio. They're gonna know. They're not gonna know. They're They're gonna gonna know. Gonna know. Oh, the Dark Queen, like, catches the princess. And I I look at Noah and I go, does the relationship between Princess Angelica and the Dark Queen feel a little sexually coded to you? Oh, it's very sexually coded. I mean, they are both drawn way too attractively. I mean, that's always been the issue in the game as well, is that she is uh, voluptuous for an NES game. Well, what I'm saying is, like, the way they interact with each other, that very, like, I have you now, my pretty, Yeah, is usually 
male villains um, going after the princess. Like, that's usually... And I could go on this whole thing about the coding of villain, queer coding of villains, Mm. and how that's uh, kind of treaded and retreaded again by a lot of scholars. Yeah. Uh, I just, I'm thinking about it. There there were two girls I knew in college that uh, always wanted to wrestle each other. Oh, okay. Like, they were just like, ah, I was wrestling. And they were constantly wrestling. And now, they're married. But at the time, they didn't know how to express their feelings. They were just like, ah, let's wrestle. <laughs> and I get a same vibe here where it's like, ah, I've, I've got you. I'm grabbing you and holding you close so you can't get away. I got, I got you. <laughs> yeah, like, it's very, it's very, and I, it's obviously more the Dark Queen is the aggressor. Which, again, goes back to that queer coding of villains Mm -hmm. that was incredibly common in this time period. Yes. Uh, You would have effeminate male villains or more aggressive female villains. And they would also be more sexually suggestive toward the pure adhering to gender roles hero or heroine. Right. So I got that vibe, which is clearly more thought than was put into anything else in this cartoon. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, they throw a freezer. It hits Angelica, who emerges from the door eating a pop, licking a popsicle. Yeah, in a very like yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, they successfully chase off the baddies. Yes, uh, and there, there's a whole bit of like with being a battle toad. When you throw a punch, your fist gets really big, or when you throw a kick, you get like a big boot. That is all from the game. Yes. So, like, they do a good job of incorporating that. Uh, They are renamed Zit, Rash, and Pimple. Yep. Uh, Pimple, who was not playable in the game. And... And the frog... They they find out that they are allowed to change back anytime they want. Yes. They chant, let's get normal. Yeah. And they turn back into humans. Yeah. And let's get... Warty. Warty. Which is not what I heard the first time. (laughs) I legitimately, for a moment, thought they said, let's get horny. Let's get horny! <laughs> like because horny, horny toads. toads. Yes. <laughs> uh, which, let's get horny. And there was a moment where I was like, oh, no. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess this is why this only aired once. They are horny toads. Uh, uh, so they take Angelica and T-Bird. Who, by the way, T-Bird looks like Ludwig von Drake from Disney, but like dad. And they take them to their favorite teacher's house. Okay. Who we also did not establish as much of a character. No. No, this is, I believe, his only scene. Yeah. Uh, So I have a few problems with this sequence that takes place. They go to this teacher and they're like, you're my favorite teacher. We've become the Battletoads. We need help to protect the universe... And protect Princess Angelica. And the teacher's like, meh, I don't know if I buy this. And they're like, really? Let's get horny. And they turn into the toads. And he's like, whoa, you guys aren't lying. There is a professor chicken with them. Yeah. That he does not address at all. No. 
Like, oh, my three favorite students and their professor chicken. So normal. Yeah. yeah. Oh, now that you've turned it to toad, something is weird. Uh, and the whole time they're using words like, and I wrote them down. Psychotronic. Incredible. Cosmorific. Yeah, they are desperately trying to coin a catchphrase. A catchphrase, right. When the Ninja Turtles were out, they would say Cowabunga. Yes. The thing is, I'm 99% sure Cowabunga was a word already. It was. (laughs) It's not like they were like, let's come up with this phrase. Let's start with a farm animal. Yeah. Cow. Okay. Now something that sounds like a butthole. Bunga? All right. We're we're in. Uh, They are just like making up words throughout all of this. Yeah. They're very, very obviously just trying to make a catchphrase somehow. And like... Because, like, whenever they're insulting someone, they're like, nice-going toad, which is not a thing people say. And, like, it felt so much like... You're part of silent, little toad. Yeah. This felt so hello, fellow kids. You're welcome, three Phantom of the Opera fans who listen to this. But, But I'm saying, like, it sounds like no one talks this way. But it's how people making these cartoons think 90 kids talk. Yes. Which is just wrong. So everything just feels disingenuous. Agreed. It is very much what someone's dad thinks he, o- thinks he overheard the kids saying. Like, it is, like, really um, butchered slang. Yeah. Uh, And then they find a pink convertible that doesn't work super well. Yeah. I found the pink convertible really interesting. Go on. Is the convertible pink in the video game? I don't think there's a convertible. Okay. (laughs) Why would you make something that would clearly be intended to be sold as a toy? Pink. Already looks like a very famous existing car. That you could probably steal from your sister. I, that, I, it's Barbie's car. It's Barbie's car. Or Elvis's. Barbie's car, realistically, <laughs> in toy stores in the 90s. But to me, that really just screams. They didn't think this through all the way, because I would at least make the car a different color. Like, there's the turtle van. Yeah. There's no mistaking the turtle van for anything else. Mm-hmm. The, they could have made this any sort of toad... Like a lily pad hovercraft. Or orange to contrast the green. Yeah. Like you could have gone a lot of ways. I thought it was very strange that it was pink because it was the hardest to merchandise in my opinion. Yeah. Also, you could kind of hit that like little things were incredibly gender coded in the 90s. Very true. And I think pink car would have been difficult to sell sell to boys. boys. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, this was a time period in which if there was a female member of the team, uh, they did not always make toys of that member of the team. She usually came with another guy. (laughs) Or like came with the bus. Yeah. Like, I feel like I remember April O'Neil coming with the turtle van. That makes sense. Uh, I could be wrong on that. But I'm probably not wrong. (laughs) So then like, they need to get a... Then it's established that somebody needs to get a job. 
Yes. And the only one that can do that is the princess? Yes. Because the toads have to go to school? And the bird is a giant chicken man. Yes. So she starts working at a donut store. And because she's a princess, she's not good at it because she's a princess. Because she's a princess and also not from Earth. Uh, And then it's time for another action sequence. Yes. And all the baddies spill out of a portal again. Yep. And they have a bull with them. Yes. And the bull... Totally normal. The bull says, It's time to pop the zit and squeeze the pimple and scratch a rash. How does the bull know their names? They, the bull wasn't there when they got their names. Wait, wait, I think because the names were honor names? Like, that's what the Battletoads are called. Oh, so it's just through generations. Pimple the Fourth. Yes, because mm-hmm. that's what T-Bird christens them. So I think that is, like, the ceremonial names of the Battletoads. Okay, that makes sense. Which is still stupid. It's still stupid. <laughs> And then uh, the Dark Queen comes back and gets her girlfriend and leaves. Yeah, so now, oh, the, it's the, like the second time they've tried to kidnap Angelica and they were, they were perfect at it. So. Show over. They've, oh, yeah, the show's over. <laughs> uh, they got to go after, which means they have to go into space. And they're going to take this pink car. And they're like, how are we going to take this pink car? The tires are flat. Uh, and T-Bird says, I've made some modifications. Besides, where we're going, we don't need tires. Clearly referencing the end of Back to the Future for some reason? Because it was wildly popular? Pop culture references are so common in these cartoons. Yeah, it was just odd to me. that they, It was just a blatant reference, rather than it being clever. So then... Angelica is chained to something. Yes. Um, and despite the fact that like she's chained hand and foot, which means if she wants this amulet, couldn't the Dark Queen just go over and take it off? I feel like there was some sort of process that needed to happen because magic. Yeah, the amulet has some kind of magic. Uh, and then we see the Battletoads approach... The infamous tower from the video game. Yes. So this is the tower from, like, close to the last level of yeah. Battletoads, which means the average child would have never seen this. <laughs> uh, and it was a, it's a cool level in, like, you're running up something spiral. So, like, it creates a false 3D, um, which is impressive for an NES game. Uh, but, yeah, the average Battletoads player doesn't get anywhere near this level. And uh, they go to the top, and there's another, like, fun hijinks cartoon fight scene where they yeah. turn into stuff. Yep. They, they, like, drills and things. But we don't see them actually get up the tower. So no, If you really. were hoping to get a hint on how to get up the tower from this cartoon, you weren't getting it. And they they save the princess. Yep. And really it should be over. But then they go home and they land outside of their junior high school. 
And the principal demands they be committed. Yeah, because they're insane because they said that they're the Battletoads. Yeah. And then they become the Battletoads and now they're monsters. Well, and the Chicken Man is still with them. Yeah. Everyone's really accepting of the Chicken Man. Yeah, like... I, I'm i glad that we live in a world where there is tolerance toward the Chicken Man. Yes. Uh, I have this line that I want to bring up that they say. Yeah. Uh, because when they go back to the school, they mention something about, like, a heavy metal concert. Okay. They say, like, this is going to be history's biggest heavy metal blast. And then surfer music plays. <laughs> Very frustrating. Uh, so while the whole school and the principal have seen that the three biggest losers in this school have turned into toads, a UFO appears. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, give us the battle toads or we'll we'll destroy your planet. Yeah. Starting with your mall. Starting with your mall, and everyone goes, not the mall. Don't let her destroy our mall. Oh no! It's headed towards the mall! Don't let her destroy our mall! Uh so the battle toads have to figure out a way to stop this spaceship. Yes. So I believe what they do is they get inside and convince all the enemies in there to shoot at them at once so that they blow up the UFO from the inside. Yes. Like, they try to get them to shoot at them to get there. Yeah, and, like, it explodes and there's, like, massive damage to the mall. The precious mall. But evil is vanquished, but not defeated and shall return each and every week for a new installment of Battletoads. Right down to the Nickelodeon-esque balloon font. Yeah. Yeah. It's very weird to me that they end this show with everyone knows that these these three three kids are the Battletoads and that there are, like... Aliens. Yes. And that this will continue to happen. Yep. (laughs) Like, I feel like with Ninja Turtles, the Ninja Turtles were kind of a legend. Like, no one really knew that the Ninja Turtles existed because they would always, like, hide when the police showed up. Yeah. And, like, the Power Rangers were heroes. They were aware of the Power Rangers who were these people that were... But they were anonymous and it was kind of not meant to be found out that they were teenagers with attitude. Never yeah. mind that there were five kids who just happened to wear those colors Always. all the time. Always. Uh, and if one of them announced they were afraid of something, that thing would then attack the yeah. town. Yeah. It's and incredible. you never saw those five kids. You know, Rita Repulsa would have done a lot better as a villain if she sent monsters to not Southern California every week. Yeah. Like, maybe just once in a while you stop in, like, Italy, where there's no Power Rangers. <laughs> just a thought. Attenzione, Raposa! <laughs> uh, and, and that's the, the end of the show here. Yes. Um, in terms of how it lines up with the video game, uh, the actual origin of the Battletoads are that they're game testers that were, like, sucked into the game. Okay. Uh, they have similar names, but they're they're slightly different. So they tried to appeal to kids by being like, kids are the Battletoads. You can pretend to be a Battletoad. 
Yay. This as a cartoon functions the way that uh, Ninja Turtles does without any of the heart of the Ninja Turtles. Yes. Uh, We don't have a reason to connect with any of the three boys. No. We don't have a reason for them to connect with Angelica. We There's She's no... Hot. I just mean there's no emotional uh, center. No. Like, the threat that is being presented is for a force is trying to get Angelica. We don't know why she's important. We don't know why it's important that we defeat this evil to protect her. But had they never come to Earth, it wouldn't have been our problem ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the the heart of this is just missing. Yeah. And I also think the pacing is bad. It's quite bad. There's just too many very short action sequences when I think it would have been better off to have Angelica get apprehended early. Mm-hmm. And have there be build. Have Morgan, who can totally be a leader, start figuring out a plan that uses all of their strengths. Yeah. And have them like, oh, our friendship is why we're the chosen ones. Because they are such good friends that they're willing to risk expulsion and being committed by their principal, which is a way Mm. overstep of that man's authority. I just, I, I think that's a think that's a thing that like needed to be established. Yeah, I think I would start with making Angelica the new kid in school. Yes. And like the three of them kind of embarrass themselves trying to impress her, but she is the only person that's nice to them because they're the losers. And then surprise, she's a princess. Her dad is not her dad. It's a professor chicken. And they require three people to become the battle toads to protect them. And then they step up because it's a person who had shown them kindness when everyone else had not. Yeah. If there was more of them having informed consent and making the choice, because in the classic hero's journey, there's, you know, the refusal, the call to adventure, the refusal of the call. Yeah. I mean, the monomyth is a monomyth for a reason. Mm -hmm. Like it's a very good template to figuring out how to write that kind of story. And we don't, they kind of speed run the entire hero's journey yeah. in 22 minutes. Like, to me, it's important to point out that when they appear in the, the grocery store, the, the convenience store, and is, are like, well, you have been chosen to become the Battletoads. If they had said, no, we don't want to be the Battletoads, presumably they would have left Earth and looked elsewhere. And the Earth would have been saved. Yeah. Could you imagine? So, yeah, there's just some flaws in in the logic of this. And, like, it's very clear that no care has been put into anything. Down to the point where they were... This was a pilot, right? Yes. And just like any other, like, cartoon of this time, it started with, like, this is what the name of the episode is. And the writer and the director. Oh, yeah, that... Right? Yeah, that used yeah. to be in every beginning of every cartoon. Yeah, it was always just like, it was like, when you turned on Captain Planet, it would be like, this episode is like, 
the pollution of disrespectful speech or something like that. Uh, in this one, did you catch what the name of this episode was called? I did not. It was called Battletoads. Oh. Because no thought was put into it other than we need to make a Battletoads cartoon. I mean, I don't think it was uncommon for cartoons, the first episode, to just be... Yeah, but it could also be the birth of the Battletoads. Or the arrival of the Battletoads. Instead of just being like, ah, Battletoads. <laughs> because I, I just like thinking through it of, was that a common... Was that a common construct for the first episode to be? You know what I mean? Maybe. But, like, it just... To me, that is really indicative of what this cartoon is. It lacks identity other than its Battletoads, which is just a ripoff of the Ninja Turtles with very little thought. Yes. Uh, it, It wants to be the Ninja Turtles so bad. Yeah. And, like, as a game, it was a decent game, but it was, like, ridiculously hard. And, like, the only reason people still talk about Battletoads is because of its difficulty. <laughs> yeah, it was Nintendo hard. It was beyond Nintendo hard. It was, like, cruel and unfair. Like, I, I played a, like, it, it's interesting that we just put up the, uh, the, the Dreamers podcast that I was on. And we talk about how we were going to... Uh, play video games for 24 hours. We did end up playing Battletoads. Yes. For 24 hours. And we got to level four, which means we beat the Turbo Tunnel, which is, it cracked me up that the not even the pilot of the show could get through the, the, the Turbo Tunnel, <laughs> which is something I was hoping would happen. Uh, but once you're past the Turbo Tunnel, like, the game starts to lie to you. Okay. Like, there is a level where you're running from a gear, and the gear is on these tracks, so you know where it's coming. And then after you do that a few times, it leaves the track and goes in an unpredictable way, just to screw you over. <laughs> like, it, it's an unfair game. It's a troll game, to be honest. It's the first, like, troll game. Okay. Uh, so, like, beating it is an impossible task. Uh, separate to, like, the way Contra was impossible. Like, you can get good enough at, at a game like Contra to beat it. There's memorization and, like, unfair things you have to learn to beat Battletoads. That's wild. Yeah. There's a little video game history for you. I I was not... I I think we have established on the show before, I was not allowed to have a home console as a child. And if you had Battletoads, you probably wouldn't have beaten the first level. The only games I ever got very good at on the NES were Super Mario Brothers, the first one. Mm Mm-hmm. The third one... Yeah. Because my cousins didn't like the second one. So we didn't play it that often. It's also not two players, so I understand. And then Kirby. the f- Like, not the very first Kirby's Dreamland, but the mm-hmm. first one where he's able to absorb yes. powers. Which is not the first Kirby game. By yeah, the way. it turns out you can't do that in the first Kirby game. And that was at my babysitter's house. Because I used to go to one of my friend's parents' house who would like... Mm-hmm. Uh, her mom was a stay-at-home mom, so, like, she would look after me when my parents were at work. And I had to be there before they were usually awake, because this was on, like, a school holiday. Okay. So, from, you know, 7.30 to 9, they Kirby. just tucked me into the side room with the NES, which, for me, was a rare and delightful treat. So, I got good at Kirby, because I could play for, like, an hour and a half a day during Christmas break. Mm. Because I 
That's just like a memory I was yeah. excited about. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. Yeah. Video uh, game memories from an episode that's running kind of short. Yeah, anything uh, to, to add to Battletoads before we give this guy a verdict? This was never really lost. This was one of those things that was aired once, but did get a VHS release, and then has been on YouTube for ages, legally. Mm-hmm. So, because uh, we, we watched a copy put up by the rights holder. Yeah. Like, so this has never really been lost media, which kind of tells you that, like, that concept we've discussed of whether lost media becomes more interesting. I wonder if the show would have more mythos if it wasn't just readily available and not very good. I mean, it's interesting in that, like, I think the average person doesn't know that there was a Battletoads cartoon. That's fair. And yet, like, it's readily available. It's just not very good. It's <laughs> like, really not. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of there. Uh, I, I think also that when you plugged in and, and started playing Battletoads, my first thought, because there was so much lore that is presented, like, here's the bad guy. Oh, no, the princess has been kidnapped. Oh, no, they took Pimple with them. Oh, no. There is this feeling of like, oh, there's a whole, there's got to be a cartoon that I just haven't seen. Because it's expecting me to already like these people. <laughs> and these characters and understand what's going on for it to just be dropping me in this world. Uh, and it just isn't. <laughs> so I feel like most people, if you ask them about Battletoads and they knew about the game, they would either not know that there was a cartoon or just assumed there was one that they had never seen. Yeah, and just assumed it was just one of those standard 90s yeah. lame cartoons. So... Yeah, I don't have a lot of research on this. Uh, people were kind of hoping that this was going to really kick off, but it didn't. Yeah, and I'm not surprised by that. It is a stay doomed from me. Uh, it's, it lacks any sorts of heart, and it is very much just a commercial for a video game and to hopefully sell toys. Yeah, it's a stay doomed. It's A lot of these older cartoons don't hold up super well. Mm-hmm. This one feels particularly shrewd yeah, and calculating in a way that I, there's just no, no feelings behind it. And the feelings yeah. are important. Yeah, you can, just, you can tell that when they made it, there was a list of boxes that must be checked. Yes. Like, make them look cool. Make them animals that are also people. Put a hot girl in it. Have them have catchphrases. Give them a spaceship. Yes. <laughs> yeah, all those things. So that's going to do it for Battletoads. Uh, be sure to join us next week where we will be watching Into the Lion's Den, which sounds like a game show, but it's not. It's a scripted TV show about uh, making a puppet show. Yeah. So it's very much like Puppet Man. Puppet Man 2, Electric Boogaloo. So you can watch that right now on the YouTube. And uh, if you'd like, please join our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash plus two comedy. That should be revamped very, very soon. Uh, there will just be a little bit different way, and we're giving away all the wonderful uh, benefits that we give out. But you can join our Discord and talk to us and make suggestions on what we're watching and all that good stuff. Where can people find us, Laura? You can email us at the Stay Doomed Show at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And if you want to talk to me about your favorite cosmorific video game, I'm Plus Two Comedy on Twitter. If you just want to, you know, think about 
the 90s cartoons and the Deke animation phenomenon. I am at Prilarities on whatever you want to call it. I'm not calling it that. I'm calling it Twitter. (laughs) All right. Until next time. Stay doomed.